0: that being said there's not a lot of things that make me uncomfortable when it comes
1: to sex this book is one of them <laughs> and i gave it to my 13 year old sister <laughs> how could that you know though i don't know uh. <laughs>
0: Welcome to The Worst Thing We Read This Week, where we talk about the books that we hate to love and love to hate.
1: I'm Caitlin. And I'm Savannah, otherwise known as the Bright Subwoofer, this week, apparently. And welcome back to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this book is a little bit different than the rest of the books that we've read because it's a book of poetry, but disclaimer still stands we don't hate authors, we don't hate books, we don't hate poets. <laughs> we just like making fun of problematic tropes and things that are not actually poetry. If I go off on any rants this week, I apologize, but anyone who knows me knows that you say the words "rupee car" and, like, fire comes out of my eyes, so I'm just- I'm gonna try and contain myself. We're gonna stay positive. It's gonna be fun. (laughs) Also, we both (laughs) bought a hard copy of the book to support the author, and we recommend you do the same.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe save your- $14.99, Fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents, or nineteen dollars oh Canadian. God. Yeah, that goes against everything <laughs> that we stand for.
1: <laughs> if we're being real honest, Anyways. I I bought it as a gift for my sister, uh, for her birthday because she really started getting into like the new poetry stuff. And then I read it, and then I took it away from her to do this podcast. <laughs> it's been ungifted.
0: As much as we like, ex- as much as I'm like a, a fan of exposing our young sisters to things this has some very uncomfortable and graphic sex scenes
1: it does well i I was like (laughs) i am so uncomfortable i looked over and started reading it and i was like and she she was 13 when i gave it to her it's been a couple of years but i i almost snatched it out of her hands i was like you know yeah (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) um yeah protect the children protect your innocence um
0: Uh, Since these episodes are not spoiler free, we wanted to give you an updated book list. Um, So on the third of September, we have "Hunted" by Kristen and PC Cast, and we have on the seventeenth of September "Defy Me" by our very own Tahereh Mafi. Which you know, (laughs) I just want to say, I just want to say, Tahereh Mafi vibes were in "Milk and Honey."
1: I felt it. I'm glad you were thinking that because I was was thinking that too.
0: i felt my first in the comment room. is
1: literally tahara tahara is that you <laughs> so quick housekeeping how's your week going my house my house my house is going great my house <laughs> i have no Glad house to hear it. <laughs> um i do have a car and i found it, i you know what this is a bright spot from my week i found a surprise bag of clothes in my trunk uh, it was a surprise because I washed, I I did a load of laundry right before I moved out of our apartment, so, um, I, as I was moving out, I had, like, cleared everything out, boxed everything up, and then I found this load of laundry in the dryer, and I was like, shit, what do I do with this? So I threw it all in a bag, and then I shoved that bag in my trunk, and then on top of that bag, I piled all of the clothes I was getting rid of, everything I was selling, and just, like, all of my fencing equipment, like, everything is in my trunk, um, and i found it the other day just this huge bag of clean clothes that had my favorite shirt in it so you know what it's been a good week what are you drinking coffee no you're not <laughs> <laughs> um
0: it's twelve thirty. 30 there
1: <laughs> you've gotta you've gotta pass angry orchard hard cider rosé wow never heard of that before i think they should be sponsoring us at this point honestly oh 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 Okay. We had our first poll before we jump in. Um,
0: Uh, It's not over (laughs) yet. We're still
1: waiting for the final results. (laughs) I'm going to speak in percentages and not numbers because that makes it sound more impressive. And you can just imagine that hundreds of people are taking this poll. (laughs) Love it. Um, But we asked last week how many seasons of supernatural you've watched and what you feel this says about your personality. I am still waiting for somebody to comment about their personality and the correlation thereof as to how long you've stuck with supernatural. None seasons got 33%, which tied with 3 to 5 seasons. So I feel like you're either like none at all or you're all in. <laughs> um one to two yeah. seasons had 17% and six seasons or more had 17 percent so majority of you were with me around and caitlin around like three to five seasons um i just think it's funny because i guess i guess the final season is starting now or finishing or showing or whatever because all of a sudden everything on twitter is supernatural
0: i mean i did know that it was coming to an end i honestly thought it already ended
1: (laughs) so (laughs) that is surprising to me (laughs) um yeah i thought it yeah. Did too, but misha I, collins was commenting and he was like you're not gonna be disappointed in the ending it's sad but fulfilling or something like that and everyone's reposting it they're like my life is ending and
0: i'm saying this now i wonder if i'm actually going to do it but i'm going to go back and start supernatural i'm oh, very wow. curious wow i know i know it's a big statement i know it's a big no
1: i don't think i can well here's but the i thing. want that for you
0: here's the thing my life has been taken over by this stupid fucking phone game called tri Solitaire. And I joined this club and it's like a very cutthroat Tripeaks <laughs> Solitaire <laughs> club what? where like you have to meet, you have to meet like certain requirements during the day or they'll kick you from the club. And <laughs> because I'm addicted to this game, I'm also addicted to television again, which rarely happens. So I think- supernatural will be my next objectively okay shows (laughs) great Um, but (laughs) I'm happy for you anyways this has been an ad for Tripeak Solitaire join my club (laughs) anyways uh, really the funny thing I was going to tell you back relating to the poll is my dad called me yesterday and he was like hey I need to take back my vote on your poll (laughs) and I was like (laughs) what he's like your twitter poll and i was like oh okay and he's like i read it and i thought it was asking how many seasons of like all supernatural shows you've watched so he was like oh i've seen every <laughs> season of true blood <laughs> so he voted whoa boy yes, <laughs> <greatest laughs> one even though oh, boy. he's never seen an episode and he's never Can't seen an episode of supernatural in his life quality content
1: speaking of quality content um our podcast <laughs> books, books, books. <laughs> i'm subtly gonna change <laughs> lanes here I'm going to get into the lane that is milk and honey, and we're going to drive it and see where it takes us. You Um, know, nowhere good. There's
0: nothing nothing subtle about Savannah's driving, in case anyone is wondering. (laughs) Uh, Her lane
1: changes are not smooth and easy. I feel like my driving is very smooth and beautiful. I don't know what Caitlin's talking about. She's a backseat driver in every single car I have ever been in, so just take what she says with a grain of salt, and we're going to smoothly move on. Ruby Cowart. With this book, obviously there's not a main plot tying everything together, so we are just going to run through some of our quotes, concerns, favorite poems. We're not going to read the whole thing for you, but, uh, there is kind of a, there are kind of themes tying the chapters together, starting with her early childhood, uh, falling in love, the breakup, the healing afterwards all i'm going to say is that there are some intense topics that are explored so if you're thinking of reading this book there is i mean there's rape there's sexual assault of all forms um some emotional child, trauma or uh, child mo- child, molestation. child molestation yeah a lot of a lot of really dark topics and um I don't want... (laughs) so the writing is what we're focusing on here. I'm going to leave all of those poems alone because I know that they've touched a lot of people, made people feel seen and heard and respected, and I will always respect that, as well as survivors coming out and speaking about their experiences. So I'm going to leave those poems alone, just gonna focus on the writing and a few of the other things most of them in the the final chapter talking about healing um so just a quick quick disclaimer there and if you're going to go read the book uh just be aware of that for the summary
0: uh milk and honey is a collection of poetry about love loss trauma abuse healing and femininity it is split into four chapters each chapter serves a different purpose deals with a different pain heals a different heartache uh, milk and honey takes readers through a journey of the most bitter moments in life and find sweetness in them because there is sweetness everywhere if you are just
1: willing to look um <laughs> i hate that <laughs> I hate that for all of us <laughs> i okay well
0: here is my disclaimer just okay. for me talking about poetry i don't know shit about poetry and i i really try to but poetry is just like not something that typically speaks to me um so i really try to look at it with constructive criticism but i don't always give like my opinion a lot of weight because i just don't read a lot of poetry but from what i understand with poetry and what i usually like about poetry when i do enjoy poetry is that it makes you think and it makes you feel i feel like a good poem is supposed to make you feel some type of way or evoke some sort of emotion something like that did you walk away from this collection of poems feeling different in any way? Like, did it change you? Did it give you a new um, perspective on life? Did it do something I for you? I
1: felt tired. <laughs> and I felt concerned <laughs> that my 13-year-old sister had read it. <laughs> Those were the two main feelings I had. <laughs> um, listen, okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how much you should, how much weight you should put in my poetic opinion um i am an english major and i took an undergrad class with paisley rectal who i'll be bringing up later but she was the poet uh, laureate of utah um has won a bunch of awards she's published five books very accomplished so a lot of the poetry commentary that i'll be making comes from her or from similar professors that i've had um i love i've loved poetry for a really long time. Um, I've submitted to a bunch of literary magazines. I have not been accepted. Also, later I am going to I've read you a published. poem. I've been published. Caitlin, like not Caitlin to rub that in your face, published. but I've been published. <laughs> Please, will you? Will you pull out that book? I'll read it Can later. Can you pull out that book later? Okay, yes, I'll read Caitlin's it. gonna pull out her yes. book later, and I am going to pull out a poem that I wrote in sixth grade, just so that you can know how little <laughs> authority i actually have to be speaking on this topic whatsoever
0: <laughs> well but i do yeah. here's the thing though i don't think you should downplay your uh i don't think you should downplay the value of your opinion because this is your field of study you're you are not the end-all be-all opinion but your opinion do- does still hold some weight so sure, i just like, want to throw I, that I, out
1: there i understand what i'm talking about i have never published a book of poetry so i respect people who have but also i hate this book with a fiery passion and i am not afraid (laughs) to say it (laughs) let's start with just some examples so that we all know what we're dealing with and then we'll break it down so my first problem with this book quote unquote is that it wastes so much paper there's like i understand poetry books you have to have the line breaks and you have to split the stanzas up but my god there are whole pages with just like six words on them like i'm gonna read you a few of these that are considered whole poems are you ready yes every revolution starts and ends with his lips like i'm sorry is is this juliet coming back from the grave like (laughs) um you might not have been my first love but you were the love that made all the other loves irrelevant you've touched me without even touching me (laughs) more than anything i want to save you from myself these are all individual poems like uh, each sentence is a poem how can i write if he took my hands with him (laughs) that was one of the ones that really
0: got me i was like what What? is this even trying to say Uh,
1: like did why are you chop your hands off why where are they going why are they going where are they going nobody knows like right and then there's all these platitudes like love shouldn't be hard and if it's hard then it wasn't meant to be and if they leave then let them go and I'm just like it's okay to shave or not shave and I'm like listen I agree with some of these some of these are stupid but I agree with some of them like sure shave your body if you want but if you're going to write a poem about it then write a poem about it don't just say it and add in a few line breaks like yeah. The line breaks aren't even intentional like the and and like where you're ending your sentence and where you're starting the next one. It doesn't give the words any more meaning. And the first thing I'm going to bring up, which has been drilled into my head since every creative writing class ever, is if you're going to write a poem, you need to be telling two different stories. so there's the story that you're telling on the surface with whatever metaphor or language you're using, and then there's a second story that you can uncover if you're reading closely, and these two stories are connected together. so you're not just saying a thing, (laughs) but the way that you're saying it and the story that you're telling around it are also important. and i felt like there was never anything more than one statement being said, and it just treats the reader like they're an idiot like i'm I'm gonna say this really plainly like if love is hard it's not worth it and everyone's like (gasps) yeah, brain exploding what so to go along
0: with your point i think my other issue with this book is is that it doesn't like it's trying to say a lot of things but it never actually like says anything worthwhile if i'm being honest like i just felt like none of it hit home because it was trying to you have the first portion of the book that's talking about um her relationship with her father and how he is not you get a lot of things that allude to the fact that he uh, was abusive and an alcoholic um and then you also talk about child sexual abuse and then you also talk about rape and then you also talk about um like silencing women so all of that is in the first part you don't get any of that throughout the rest of the the book which i just so you start off with like these really powerful topics that really any one of them could have made the entire book like you could have made a whole book of poems just about those topics and instead you have those five topics in the first part and then we move into a relationship and a breakup and then feminism at the end (laughs) there was no continuity it didn't feel like i didn't finish this book and feel like i was changed in any way i finished it and felt like i had read a teenage girl's diary right quite frankly which is not necessarily a bad thing i i get that like poems are are meant to be raw and like maybe uh exposing people to an extent but this just made me feel uncomfortable
1: (laughs) (laughs) well sure and i i feel like this would have been more impactful not as a poetry book, a poetry quote unquote. I hate that this book is called poetry. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple. There are a couple longer poems that I actually did enjoy. Me too. And I know it's subjective, but I don't like the idea that you can just slap a sentence on a page and then like indent a couple of times and oh, it's a poem. Like no, it's not. And what I hate is that the result of this book has been two things. the first thing people reading it and thinking, oh this is poetry, this is stupid, like anyone can write poetry. and then the second group of people saying, oh my god i love this, this is the best poetry i've ever read. and then they read things from people who have actually like... i don't want to say she didn't put effort in because obviously she put effort in, but i just like they read people from they read things from people who are actually using literary devices and they're like, this is so difficult, this is not poetry and i just she put uh, i hate that this is what people have in their heads when they think of poems because it's not there's an instagram quote
0: this is literally a not so deep shower thought on a page with shell silverstein uh like doing
1: the pictures on each yes page. sometimes she'll subtitle things with like where you would put the author's name but she'll put a feeling or an idea so you know what you're supposed to be feeling or what ideas you're supposed to be having about it like versus the poem actually giving you that feeling or thought itself yeah yes thank you god
0: i think my other issue is is that half of them read like viral tweets or anonymous tumblr post it like posts like, for example, this one, um, the idea that we are so capable of love but still choose to be toxic, like, that's literally- that's, that reads like a fucking viral tweet. And then you have uh, another one that's like, I am learning how to love him by loving myself. And I was like, this is- this is an anonymous tumblr poster or one of those like just girly things (laughs) quotes that you
1: find over like a field of flowers you know right or like
0: if um, the hurt
1: comes so will the happiness like okay fine sure that's a statement did i want to pay 14 dollars for it no i think for
0: me this book really went downhill when the first poem i read was you tell me the feeling that this gives you okay, okay great i'm ready um, how is it so easy for you for you to be kind to people he asked milk and honey dripped from my lips as i answered because people have not been kind to me what how do you feel about that um
1: what irrit- what does that irritated evoke you? i feel irritated
0: <laughs> see i got like i got like flashbacks to every tahara Mafi novel that we've ever read because that totally seems like an interaction between Adam and Juliet when they were still together. And I feel like there's, there's a lot of times in here where it will try and convey a message, but it's a message that I don't necessarily feel comfortable with. Like there's one, um, it's during like the breakup portion of the book where she writes a couple of poems about how the next girl that girl that he'll date is going to sense that She is still in the picture and like that he is never going to truly be able to be interested and invested in this new person because he's always going to be thinking about (laughs) Rupee Carr. And I was just like, I this is like not the feminine energy we want to put in the air of being
1: like, Bitch, you're always going to come second to me. You know? I just Sure. Well, and I I liked I liked there was a part in the middle there, and it was around those poems where Things started to feel very nuanced where she was saying... There was one that said, I... Something along along the lines of, like, I have been both the abused and the abuser. Of recognizing, like, I am also not a perfect person. I'm not just this person that's been abused and tossed around. But also, I've reflected some of those behaviors myself. I'm not just a victim. And, like, I... And that's so... It's something interesting. It's something to explore. There's tension there. But there's no tension in the rest of these another thing that we talked about a lot in like sorry for anyone who came for a comedy podcast and you're getting a writing workshop (laughs) don't know what (laughs) happened there um but another thing we talked about is that like sometimes it's better to give time to events or to feelings or emotions or circumstances relationships before you start writing about them because when you're in the moment it's easy to paint yourself as the victim whereas if you're looking back with time you can see that there's more nuance going on that there's multiple sides to the story and you can approach it and be okay representing yourself in a negative light and i just didn't really see any of that it was all very light and fluffy where it's like these bad things happened and yes they were horrible things i'm not trying to downplay that but then it's just and then i rose from the ashes and i always respect other women and we should all not shave and stop bring tearing other women down and it was just like yeah okay but that feels really trite after everything that happened you know right
0: well and it's like the i feel like the things that could have been gritty and granted she's written at least one other poetry book after this one um so maybe maybe her next maybe her other books like do i'm sure that they improve she was only 21 when this book was published right
1: which is also very impressive
0: (laughs) exactly so it's it's like it, it could it could just be that she was young and this is the poetry that she was writing when she was young and more power to you she was published and this was widely popular and poetry books are not normally widely popular so that's
1: pretty incredible that's why i hate that this is the book that went wildly popular
0: i know i know
1: so (laughs) i cry there were poem
0: there were there were parts in here where i really felt like had it been better explored i could have identified with her more and actually cared about the content that she was writing but instead it just left me feeling uncomfortable and then we moved on to something that was cheesy and corny right and it just felt like whiplash <laughs> right it's like wait but can we go it was back to that because, like, and yes that was really upsetting yes. and i want to know
1: where we're going and she's just right. like and then i want more he of a took my hands away and i'm like no wait stop <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's move into the uncomfortable sex poems because uh they were plentiful and, and where they else were are you gonna go very uncomfortable <laughs> and here's the thing we have talked about we've obviously talked about sex on this podcast before like we are not people that shy away from having conversations about sex that being said there's not a lot of things that make me uncomfortable when it comes to sex this book is one of them <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i gave it to my 13 year old sister
0: <laughs> how could that you know though in. like i'm know. going to give you that credit I I mean how would you know that, that like that, that is the content no of this book? Know. I never would have expected that. Um for example, the very thought of you has my legs spread apart like an easel with a canvas begging for art. <laughs> and then down below is a little sketch of an easel. Okay. And I wrote on the little easel, semen, but make it art.
1: <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> and then we okay have... but okay but did the even before because this is before the breakup so this is just like when she's in this first relationship did the boyfriend always yes. seem skeevy to you or is that just me
0: no i definitely got those vibes especially as you uh get to the end of the like Uh, so so in the second chapter that's about like them falling in love and their relationship together Mm -hmm. especially towards the end um and it's actually one of the ones i'm gonna read where it just he seems so like manipulative and gross it literally seems like sex is kind of their way of um uh like being close with each other and it's not necessarily like an emotional thing it's just like sex is like sex is the thing that is holding them together is kind of what it felt like which might be true but because there's so much mention of
1: sex you're just kind of like oh dear so like this is your way of controlling each other (laughs) right well because like it's a poetry Uh, book but there's definitely a story going on in the background and there's i think there was a moment where he said something along lines of like there, like, she's, like, saying something, and he's like, there's other things you could be using your mouth for. And I was like, wow, we hate him. Mm-hmm. Someone needs to take his hands away. <laughs> it's like he's, like, a villain in one of our dystopian novels. The problem isn't,
0: like, the sexual acts themselves. The problem is the way that they're presented that just, like, makes you feel uncomfy. Like, for example, you move my hand between my legs and whisper, make those pretty little fingers dance for me. Uh, and then the little- nope. Uh, the little like Mm -mm. author thing is solo performance
1: (laughs) so there is that i was just so skeeved out by the boyfriend at that point i was like i don't know if this is supposed to be like cute and fun i don't I don't, mm. i feel gross well then on the
0: on the next page we have it's one of like the longer ones that's not really a poem they're paragraphs with hardly any punctuation um And in this story, we have um, she's getting jealous and thinking that he's uh, cheating on her and he's gaslighting her and telling her that she's crazy. And then at the end, they make up and have sex, but here here's the paragraph that just made me feel most uncomfortable is uh like your mouth has the gift of reading and i'm your favorite book find your favorite page in the soft spot between my legs and read it carefully fluently vividly don't you dare leave a single world i'm sorry don't you dare leave a single a single word untouched and i swear my ending will be so good the last few words will come running into your mouth and when you're done take a seat because it's my turn to make music with my knees pressed to the ground (laughs) i'm blushing right now i feel so uncomfortable i'm nauseous (laughs) especially and especially like when you get that as the ending of a poem where he is gaslighting her and making her seem like she is crazy for even thinking that he's sneaking around even though the other parts of the poem are pointing out all of the very valid reasons why she feels like he's sneaking around and then the ending is is that they make up via sex
1: so it's just a lot (laughs) yep that's a word Um, for it a word i would use is oversharing (laughs) i don't yeah that too i don't know i've read some poems that are very explicit and also about very like i think you have to write about personal things so i don't know why these made me so uncomfortable i don't someone put it into words and tell me but i just i i don't
0: i don't know why these made me feel uncomfortable either because i am a very big fan of exploring female sexuality and normalizing women talking about sex, even in explicit terms, because it is so normal for men. So, like, for example, Mm. the song "Wop." that song's a fucking bop. Like, I really couldn't tell you what it is that makes these poems uncomfortable, because if I can listen to a song like like WAP and not feel uncomfortable, but I listen to- (laughs) but I read this and I feel gross and dirty, I wonder if it's because it always has a (sighs) The sex in this always feels like there's a power imbalance, Mm, mm -hmm. which I think is what makes it uncomfortable.
1: I don't know. And obviously the guy is a Disney villain, which is just...
0: A Disney villain who fucks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) None of this content is for 13-year-olds.
0: Also, there's just some poems in here that just are a little creepy and what i mean by this is when i read them i was like okay this would be posted on the she rates dogs twitter or instagram page <laughs> for example um you look like you smell of honey and no pain let me have a taste of that
1: mm. so there's someone that. says that to you run <laughs>
0: run right. very far away the truth is you make my tongue so weak it forgets what language to speak in
1: it's just that is unfortunate so to end with the gold medalists the best of the worst <laughs> um caitlin take it away well and i don't even know if this is
0: considered the best of the worst i just think this is the one that like evoked the the most Anger. emotion from me <laughs> yes the thing about having an alcoholic parent is an alcoholic parent doesn't exist simply an alcoholic who could not stay sober long enough to raise their kids that seems like a gross overgeneralization of alcoholism now i understand everyone's experiences are different however there are high-functioning alcoholics there are alcoholics
1: that are not abusive to their family. There or who are, alcoholics- are and then come back later and like have recovered or in recovery. I don't think you have to be PC when you're talking about this is how something impacted me and I'm angry about it. But I think this is where I think this is where the distance comes in before you write about something. I don't know. I don't think it's very effective to just paint yourself as the only victim of a situation and then just leave it there and run away
0: i think this is a good example of where she brings up really heavy hard topics and that is the only mention of that really heavy hard topic but i do like i don't know i it that one really ground my gears <laughs> <It> really <laughs> got to me um
1: yeah that's all anyways yeah go buy the book go like make form your own opinions whatever just know that it's not poetry that's my own personal opinion i will stand by it until i die i will die on this hill (laughs) this is my uh claire's hill of sexy gay men this is my hill is bad poetry (laughs) love it um so, I just wanted to bring up a couple of people you could potentially go and look up if you wanted to read some real, actual poetry. Um, I mentioned that Paisley Rectal was one of my professors and she's pretty incredible. Just like all around incredible, badass woman. Um, so please go look her up. But another person I really wanted to spotlight was Jericho Brown, who is a queer black man who literally invented a form of poetry. Like, he was he he read a bunch of poetry, took the sonnet, which if you're not familiar, is um, frequently like what Shakespeare used. It's used for romance poetry often. So he took the sonnet, he broke it down and he restructured it into this format that has uh, repeating but slightly altered lines. If you want to read more about it, you can look up Jericho Brown, the tradition. Um, he called his new form the duplex. It blows my mind how intelligent this man is there are incredible uh, poets of color that we should be highlighting. a few of his poems are just called duplex because they're written in this very specific format that he invented. did i mention that? um so this one is called duplex but you can look it up with the line a poem is a gesture towards home and i'm just gonna read it. it's short. duplex. a poem is a gesture towards home. it makes dark demands i call my own. Memory makes demands darker than my own. My last love drove a burgundy car. My first love drove a burgundy car. He was fast and awful, tall as my father, steadfast and awful. My tall father hit hard as a hailstorm. He'd leave marks. Light rain hits easy, but leaves its own mark, like the sound of a mother weeping again. Like the sound of my mother weeping again, no sound beating ends where it began. None of the beaten end up how we began. A poem is a gesture towards home Jericho Brown everybody and I just a lot of his poems focus on childhood abuse or living in a white society writing poetry in a group of mostly white men the way that he creates I think is incredible and makes you feel something and that is what poetry should be. Not an Instagram quote. Yeah, this book was exhausting. It was really tiring. So, so for a lighter note, Caitlin, I think you should go get your poetry book and I'll get my poetry book from, like, this is back Excellent. in... Excellent. Mine was from sixth grade. When was yours from? Yours is from college, uh, I right? was a... No. I was a sophomore in high school, I think. I just feel like we've hit a lot of heavy topics, so... We should read our poetry. I also feel like this is a, a valid time to bring up the fact that when we were uh, juniors in high school, our high school had a literary magazine. Oh my god! <laughs> and oh my god! <laughs> this is this is a story about friendship, intrigue, and betrayal. My we need friend to down the street. Please- yes okay great i was hoping that you would start with this part of the story i have to this is where it begins this is the beginning of a good story so my friend down the street was trying to set me up with one of her friends and i was a junior in high school i didn't know anything about myself and i was like sure i'll set me up with your guy friend whatever so she introduces us we start texting i had very little interest in actually dating i was like i have all of this like school shit and fencing going on i don't have time for this and she was like no no i think you'll i think you'd really get along so we start texting and he just starts texting every 10 seconds like he wouldn't talk to me in person we went to the same school wouldn't talk to me texts me every 10 seconds weird questions so i kind of stopped responding and well and we had classes with him too right. which was why it was even
0: weirder that he like would that he like refused to talk to you in person right
1: could not engage so i didn't i didn't care i stopped we we stopped talking after a while and then two months later he tried to ask me to prom and i was like i'm i'm gonna be at a fencing competition also i do not want to do that <laughs> so i yeah i turned him down but in a I feel like it was a a nice way, like just letting him know I'll be out of town. Um, I'm not going to be going. Well, I didn't hear from him again for a while. On Valentine's Day. Oh, no, that was after. Okay, so I didn't hear from him for a while. Then our school literary magazine gets published. Now... (laughs) I've been interested in writing poetry for a while, so I have a nice poem in there, something about technology that's been published, and I'm like, I, I want to go read my poem that's been published, and I'm flipping through. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hey, this guy I haven't heard from in a few months, he also got published. That's pretty cool. And I flipped to his poem called Beanie Babies, thinking it's about beanie babies, and it turns out the poem is is about coming to school and stabbing people until they are dead and their blood runs through the halls because his heart is broken
0: okay now let us remember (laughs) we are juniors in high school juniors in high school and i remember when savannah first was like oh my god you guys you have to read i started hysterically laughing
1: which was probably not the right response
0: It's one of those things where you're so uncomfortable that you can't do anything but hysterically laugh. So I feel like you were justified. Yeah. Yes. Well, and all of us, there were like four of us reading this magazine and we were like, do they even read the poems before they publish them? (laughs) Like this was right after, this was two years after Sandy Hook. Yep. Or a year after Sandy Hook. Yep. And it just felt so gross and wrong that this was something that was published and we went and talked to the teacher who was the uh like editor of the literary magazine and she basically told us to fuck off she was like <laughs> it's his freedom of speech he can write about whatever he wants to write about
1: get also, the fuck over it basically. she was like this is a very difficult type of poetry i believe it was a, a sistina that he had written and she was like this is a very difficult type of poetry Sestinas are not that hard. It's so hard. It's so difficult. And... Sestinas are one
0: of my favorite types of poems to write. Like, they're they're not that difficult.
1: (laughs) And we were like, we just feel like it's a little bit insensitive and a bit concerning to be distributed, and also, should someone check in on this boy? And she's like, no. And we're like, okay. And then
0: we went home, and all of our parents called the school because they were like, what the (laughs) fuck is this? And then the principal was like, Oh my god, you're right. I
1: can't believe we published this. <laughs> so, meanwhile, while all this drama is going on, I bring it to my friend and I'm like, "Excuse me, what the fuck?" And she's like, "Except I was a junior in high school." So I said, "Excuse me, what the heck is this?" And "What she the heck like, is this?" <laughs> and she was like, "I apologize. That was my ex-stalker. I was trying to get rid of him, so I pawned him off on you." And I said, "Excuse me. What the fuck, man?" <laughs> Um, let us like also
0: just as a reminder this girl is like a longtime family friend and should have your
1: back and not just give you her stalker but like there's that so i marinated on that one for a while and i thought well it seems like this child is a bit unhinged we go back to school and they are exacto knifing the pages out (laughs) of the literary magazine (laughs) that have and they're talking they're pulling the student out of class who's published on the back of his poem like hey man we're sorry but a really violent poem was published behind yours are you okay if we just like snip snip this out and he's like yeah sure go for it i'm sitting in math class and i the class that we share with this boy and i look out the door and he is standing there with a sliced out page of his poem making direct eye contact and do you know what he's doing he's Smiling. smiling he's got the biggest grin on his face i have never been so sure that someone was going to murder me in my sleep than i was at that moment um two months later february he leaves i still to this day have no idea how he got my address he leaves a bag of chocolate covered strawberries on my porch with a blue clues valentine attached to it (laughs) that says something about spotting the clues i threw them away they are gone we don't speak of that anymore until now and now all of you know and you get to share that experience with me i just i will never ever in a
0: million years wrap my mind around how a teacher thought that someone's quote-unquote freedom of speech could be more valued than the very concerning topic that he was writing about like i feel like freedom of speech does not necessarily pertain to primary schooling and maybe we should not publish something about murdering your classmates in
1: a time where people are murdering their classmates if you have a line that starts with and i quote i stab and stab until their blood runs through the halls maybe you should reconsider i mean as a as a happy ending i follow him on instagram and he's happily married now i think he has a kid who knows is he really (laughs) Mm. so you know what that makes me feel some type of way uh-huh kind of like milk and honey Oh yeah, books.
0: Yeah, your your <laughs> um your poetry t- story turn. I would like to point out that this is a personal that I wrote when I was a freshman in high school. That's very nice. And I don't even I wrote know it, what that is. I wrote it about my friend who was going through a breakup with a boy I did not like. It is entitled
1: Dreamland. The content we love. <laughs>
0: Lay your head down and rest now, child. Nothing is ever as bad as it seems. Close your eyes and drift off sweet I'm sorry and drift off sweet and mild. Sail into your loveliest dreams. Forget the world around. Nothing is ever as bad as it seems. Sit back and let yourself be found. Block out all of his lies. Forget the world around. When I am the only one who hears you cries, listen to my voice, I'll be your guide. Block out all of his lies. Don't worry, dear, I'm by your side. Discover the beauty within. Listen to my voice, I'll be your guide. So this is where your story begins. Discover the beauty within. Lay your head down and rest now, child. Close your eyes and drift off. Sweet
1: and mild. (laughs) See, that just seems like a nice, mild lullaby. Like, I feel like you could sing that to a child. That's all. I was, I was published. It was,
0: like, cool for a second, and then it, like, wasn't. I think you can still so bring it up all. for clout.
1: <laughs> um, yeah,
0: I mean, I did have to purchase the book that I was published in, which was unfortunate. But
1: <laughs> that is unfortunate. That's all. Meanwhile, me in middle school, um, I'm writing poems. Like I'm gonna, I- I'm gonna post this page on our Instagram because I did some top quality scrapbooking that was sarcasm Uh, um you did (laughs) scrapbooking around the poem oh okay so we had this assignment in sixth grade i nobody cares so brief summary but um we had this assignment in sixth grade where we had to make a book of our poetry so we had to decorate the pages as to what the topic was and we had to come up it was like our final final creative writing project idk gotcha okay Um, that makes more sense Yes. So this one was a tonka, which is, uh, it's 31 syllables. It's generally written in a straight line. It's a Japanese form of poetry. Nobody cares. Sixth grade me was very angsty and upset. So, um, just imagine there's like this, this dark scrapbook paper and then like fire everywhere. (laughs) And it reads the angry flames reach hungrily licking the black sky smoke compressing choked then silent screams no longer calling for help the hungry flames consume <laughs> you were in 6th grade 12 <laughs> year old Mia's is like what should we write about let's write about death by smoke inhalation <laughs> <laughs> you know i was an angsty little bastard that still concerns me
0: less than the poem about beanie babies so there you have it i mean at
1: least i wasn't setting their house on fire yeah in summation neither of us have authority to be shitting on anyone's poetry and yet here we are so final thoughts yeah um i just think it's impressive with her age and uh, how far the book has reached, I think it's impressive that she has resonated with so many younger people, because it, It from what I've seen, it is younger people who are, um, yeah connecting with the poems. I, I, I mean, <laughs> this success is what I'm impressed with, not necessarily the work itself, but there's still something to be said for that.
0: Yeah, I do, I do appreciate that she tries to tackle a lot of, um, Really sensitive and hard topics, and she does kind of expose herself quite a bit. Like she, she is not reveals afraid. a lot about herself, <laughs> right? And do we think it was done successfully? Not necessarily, but I do appreciate what she tried to do here, um, especially with topics about um, like sex after sexual assault. I did kind of appreciate that because it is, uh, it's not a topic that is widely discussed. So, uh,
1: yeah. I guess my final, final thought is this is the other... We talked about how Tumblr was good for, like, weeding out straight people. I have a comment... Or I used to. I don't have any of my dating profiles anymore. But I I left a comment on one of them that was, like... It was something like, what is your most controversial opinion? And I was like, Rupi Kaur doesn't write real poetry. That has weeded out more straight people than any other comment I possibly could have made. Like come at yeah. me but it's yeah. true <laughs> i already told you all to go look up jericho brown so do that obviously um for a book that is a full-length non-poetry book that i would like you to read alice oseman has a special place in my heart i think i've recommended her comics before and if not i'm gonna save that for later but um, you have okay perfect so she has she has a web comic you can go read it for free i would recommend buying it because it's lovely um but she's a uk writer this is her fourth book that's come out it's called loveless georgia has never been in love never kissed anyone never even had a crush but as a fanfic obsessed romantic she's sure she'll find her person one day as she starts university georgia makes a plan to find love but when her actions wreak havoc among her friends she questions why romance seems so easy for other people yet not for her with new terms thrown at her asexual aromantic georgia is more uncertain about her feelings than ever is she destined to remain loveless or has she been looking for the wrong thing all along? Uh, this wise, warm and witty story of identity and self-acceptance sees Alice Osman on a towering form, at, oh, sorry, on towering form as Georgia and her friends discover that true love isn't limited to romance. This was just like the sweetest, like I, I think we've wrecked her other book Radio Silence as well. Like you don't see a lot of ace or arrow rep, I feel like, in YA fic and so it's like marginalized identities we love to see them like she and and the author herself um identifies as arrow ace and if you're not familiar with the terms um she explains a lot um in the book and on her website but go check it out it was a very heartwarming book just about friendship and love and is great something i'm noticing in
0: like as a trend in newer books is people are focusing more on the love in friendships than they are like romantic interests and i am so here for it right because i love a good heartwarming friendship that just like survives all trials (laughs) etc etc i think those get me more than like romantic books do
1: it does like i love the race of good romances but honestly like it's the friendships that tie everything together and make me feel the most things
0: Yes. Well, and I just feel like they're more relatable. It's easier to relate with mm-hmm. a friendship than it is with a romance. I feel like a romance is something that you idealize and then friendships are
1: more real and hit close to home. Anyways. Well, and I love that's my Okay, box. sorry. This is a tangent. We might we might cut this out, but I love <laughs> I love it. I've heard I've heard Okay, so Alice Osman was on a few podcasts that I was listening to. She's done some interviews. Um and I will follow her to the ends of the earth not in a creepy way, Um, but she was talking about how we should idealize friendships more. Like, we idealize romances, and they're supposed to be above everything else and more important, but why don't we idealize our friendships like that? Like, you can have a meet-cute in a friendship. Like, you can have those cute moments where you're, like, running after each other in the airport. Like, I think that's so important.
0: Maybe we just say that because we're very codependent on each other. (laughs) (laughs)
1: codependent friendships like the the entire Ravel raven cycle series i'm cutting this out but like the entire raven cycle series maggie steve Futter had left a comment on her twitter where she was like um talking about how codependent relationships weren't healthy and she's like yeah she was like unlike my entire series which i have written about codependent teens do not try an attempt in real life
0: so for my non-book recommendation this week i have been listening to this podcast for a couple of years now yeah it's got to be a couple years Mm now um it's this american life it is such an interesting podcast if you if you want to stay up to date with current events but you don't like listening to the news this is a great avenue to do that um every episode is like a new storyline and tackles new topics but they do it in such a creative and interesting way that you don't feel like you're being informed of something um they had an episode and unfortunately you can't find all of their episodes on streaming platforms but you can find it on their website so they had an episode that won a pulitzer and it was about the trump administration's remain in mexico order and it follows it tells the story of the people who are actually conducting the interviews of allowing people into the country so that they can go to trial and see if they can actually be granted a um refugee status and it made me cry like seven times in that hour-long episode because you're just hearing such a different side of of the immigration discussion and these these people who i this is going to be kind of a long thing so i apologize but it was it's talking about people who went from having a conversation with people who were genuinely in danger and being able to tell them yes come into the united states until your court date where another judge is going to be making a more final decision Versus now, under the Trump administration, they are having to listen to these stories of people who are genuinely fearful of their lives, who feel like that if they remain in Mexico or if they go back to their home country, like they will be murdered or killed. but if they do not say a certain set of words in those interviews, they cannot grant them refugee status. So it just it's following them and how they are now dealing with the trauma of listening to these stories and telling them sorry that's not good enough you can't come into our country and it just they just hit hard and they hit home so i highly recommend that podcast
1: (laughs) specifically that episode i haven't listened to it yet but i've listened to other episodes you sent me and i've always enjoyed them um they're always hard hitting but they're they're very informative and well researched
0: and very good with that follow us on instagram at worst thing we read follow us on twitter at worst th we read and send us an email at
1: worst thing we read at com. and respond to our polls damn it yes we're gonna oh my god fucking question of the week <gasps> oh no um can it be like what is the creepiest uh like gift you've ever received from someone or like like what's the creepiest like thing anyone's ever written for you or done for you in an attempt to win you over or the weirdest it doesn't have to be creepiest i'm trying to think of like what mine would be you can post it you post Uh, it on the question after we ask it so we'll at least have one response and then we can read that (laughs) okay what is i don't want to put that out on the internet you have to put it on the, the internet. podcast
0: is different <laughs> my father yeah more people listen to the podcast than
1: read our our social media but my
0: point is is that my parents will see what i post online versus if i talk about it on the podcast they will never know make it safe for
1: work <laughs> what is the creepiest slash weirdest thing anyone has ever done to try and woo you or win your affection
0: oh i have
1: one great so savannah's
0: was the chocolate covered strawberries after he said he was going to murder murder his classmates yes mine is i had an ex-boyfriend in high school where we broke up and he was not accepting of said breakup in any sense of the word and I remember he cornered me as I came out of work and, like, forced me to talk to him. And he had bought these tickets to a show that I wanted, that oh, I man. had mentioned I wanted to go see. So he, like, brought the tickets and was like, I bought these for you. And, like, now we can't even go because you're such a fucking bitch. Whatever. And then, like, tore up the tickets in front of me. And I was like, dude, like, that's your $60 that went down the drain. I don't fucking you care. I can still else. go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you can't go i'm to uh, go yeah <laughs> Yep. oh great okay well uh let us know on our social media we're gonna be updating more often so check it out and with that we will see you next week not with our eyes but with our mouths